You're listening to SAS Nordic, the sassiest podcast in the Nordics. Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Thomas. And we are experienced SaaS professionals that are curious about how other successful SaaS companies go to market, scale, build winning teams and great products. Join us on our journey as we speak to Nordic SaaS leaders trying to get hold of their secret sauce. And today's guest is Jonny Warström, the CEO and co-founder of Mentimeter. If you don't believe in diversity as a leader, as a top leader of an organization, it will not happen. If you put like a head of diversity that someone in a more junior position, it will not change. It will not move the, the needle. We're back here again with a new episode of the SAS Nordic podcast. And uh, earlier today, we went to Slacktuset in Malmö. That is the fantastic venue where we're going to have SASIS 2022 in exactly 43 days. Wow. Somebody's keeping track here. <laughs> no, it, it was really good to, to see the venue again and, and to check with some of the staff and go through some of the details. So it's, it's coming along really, really nicely. But Thomas, for the ones that might not have heard about Sassiest. I don't know how that's possible, but tell us, what is it all about? Yeah, Sassiest 2022 is the ultimate B2B SaaS experience in the Nordics. So what you can expect is that uh, you will join us for two full days with a lot of great content. So we will have, we have a gems packed agenda with keynotes and panels and breakout sessions and everything uh, for all kinds of topics related to SaaS. You're going to hear some great founder stories, how to scale your company, how to go international. We're going to have sessions that go deeper into to marketing and sales and product and customer success and so on. So, uh, And besides that, this is a great opportunity to network uh, with your peers across the Nordics and, and also get to know each other uh, on another level, since it's going to be a party in the evening, so we can meet on the dance floor and hang out for a long time. So really looking forward to meeting everyone in person soon. Yes, it's going to be lots of fun. Like Thomas said, we have a fantastic lineup. I dare to say a lineup that the Nordics has never seen in, in our particular field. And I think it's time for us to start dropping some of the secret guests. One of the secret guests is Aaron Ross. Who's that? If you've ever worked in some kind of a revenue sales function, you know Aaron Ross as the guy that invented or redefined the outbound function, the entire SDR, BDR function. He, he, he cemented this as Salesforce and he wrote two fantastic books, Predictable Revenue and then a little bit later, From Impossible to Inevitable. He will be there to uh, uh, speak, run a couple of workshops, but it's also important for you guys to know that he actually likes what we do, uh, and he will be with us for the entire year in, in a bigger collaboration that we will tell you a little bit more about later. So this will be great for anybody in a revenue function. Super cool. And, and also, I know that there are some paddle fans out there. So it's the national sport of, of tech companies, I think, nowadays. And uh, we listened, and we have created a side event the day before. So on April 19th. Uh, between 1 and 4 p.m. So if you're a ticket holder for CSGS 22, you can join a paddle tournament, basically. So um, check it out. You can find that and also get your tickets to CSGS at CSGS2022.com. And we hope to see you there. Definitely. See you all there. And now uh, let's go on with the episode. We're going to talk to one of the largest uh, SaaS companies here in the Nordics and their CEO and founder. Uh, they are pretty famous for having been really successful with the PLG approach. Uh, but today we're going to talk more about organization and leadership and culture. So here we go. 
Today we are very happy to have Jonny Warström, the founder and CEO at Mentimeter, here as a guest at SAS Nordic Podcast. So welcome, Jonny. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's so awesome to have you here, and we're going to talk about a bunch of different things. But first of all, I want to congratulate you on the diversity report you put out earlier today on LinkedIn. I think it was awesome, the numbers you guys display there. You know, Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I posted a kind of... Um uh, kind of wrapped up 2021 on on uh, on the d- diversity dimension for for Mentimeter and uh, so in terms of uh, gender diversity we have about 54 percent female representation in, in the entire Mentimeter uh, in in product and tech uh, that department of Mentimeter we have 48 percent female representation that's impressive yeah so board of directors 50 50 managers internally at Mentimeter 50 50 uh, exactly. And in terms of kind of cultural diversity, 48% is, is born out of, outside of Sweden. So it's, it's been one of the, the, my, one of the things that's really important to me with, with building a company. And I think that we're very successful thanks to uh, this. That's really impressive. And I'm curious, how did you manage to get such a diversity within the product department? Not many can you know, show those kinds of numbers. No, and it, it's it's been a very long uh, journey on 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 reaching that. Uh, Mentimeter was founded. Me, me, and my three three friends who founded Mentimeter was white dudes uh, who, st- <laughs> who, st- who who studied together at KTH. So, so it's it's been quite a journey, a uphill battle from from start, but. I think that we we were very de- determined really early on, like really already 2014 when we started working full time. This was something that we thought a lot about, reflected a lot about, and and spent time in in fixing. Uh, so it's really like a funnel issue, really. And 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 the thing that we wanted to kind of balance really early on is is all candidates that we got to for roles that we that we. Um, uh, got out and they wanted to hire that the candidate so this was 50 50 but to get that you need to you know get into more networks and more forums and and get the word out about the roles uh, more than to you kind of your closest friend list maybe okay was there any particular forums that you got into that open up these doors for you uh, but there are a couple of really good ones, uh, especially if you, if you talk about uh, female representation in tech, for example. There's a Facebook group that's quite big that's called Women in Tech. Okay. There's actually a conference nowadays that's called Women in Tech. That's, I think it's a yearly conference. Uh, and, and around there is also a lot of like sub-networks uh, related to that. All right. Uh, and I think that with that representation nowadays like we had similar representation 2020 and 2019 so nowadays with that representation it, it it's not scary to, to to come into a company where you feel that you no matter if you don't talk swedish or if you're a woman developer that you you are it's a safe environment to come into right and by, and by that it becomes easier to apply and we we have really good kind of gender balance in all in all roles, even though nowadays uh, seldom we go out very actively and and rebalance this, but um, but it's uh, yeah, no, it was a lot of effort, especially like percentage wise of of what I did back 2014 15 compared to today. Yeah, that's awesome, and it's super impressive, and really hats on from our end. And Thomas and I spoke here earlier. This is you guys are really role models for, for the rest of us here to try to work actively with, with this question. And we're going to touch upon this a little bit later in the episode. But uh, just 
in case, in the rare case, somebody doesn't know who you are here, I, I thought I, we should ask you, like, who is Yoni from Mentimeter? But not just Yoni from Mentimeter. Take us from the very beginning. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, born and raised in uh, Skövde, it's a small town halfway to Gothenburg. Yeah, I know Skövde very well. I actually spent a year there. Uh, often get, gets to explain where it is, and not many people live there. <laughs> yeah, so, so when I graduated high school, uh, you know, I wanted to move somewhere where I knew some people. I had some relatives, and it turned out it was Skövde or Örebro. But all my friends in Örebro had one big... Uh, you know, fault. They were all girls, and you know, I thought, well, I need to have a guy friend as well to to hang with. So I, I ended up in in Huevde. and uh, you know, I spent all my money on pinball and kebab. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's what you do there. Yeah, I think that sounds like a great investment. Yeah, it sounds like a great, great way of growing up. Yeah, no, it, it I had a great time in Huevde, but yeah. uh, one year was uh, enough, I think. Yeah, now but Huevde back then, I moved to Stockholm to study at KTH. Uh, nowadays, Huevde uh, has a great um, university that does uh, gaming, mm. uh, so different type of parts of gaming. So nowadays, they're quite of a tech city uh, in a way. Like uh, Goat Simulator was developed there, so a couple of the well-known uh, indie games is, is from Skövde nowadays. Uh, but, but, uh, but I moved to Stockholm to study KTH, studied electronic engineering there, and then started working and did my kind of initial career within Telenor. So I was the CEO of Telenor Connection. That's uh, one of the uh, companies within the Telenor sphere. And then I worked for there for about four or five years. Okay. And that's when actually, so during the Telenor time, uh, Mentimeter was a product that me and my co-founders wanted to have. So they were they were management consultant and I worked in big big corp, which Telenor is, a lot of meetings and presentations. So and Mentimeter became the product that all of us wanted uh, at work. So we just developed it ourselves. We, we, we couldn't find it in, in the version that we wanted. So did you always have a dream of uh, starting your own company? And no, definitely not. Like my, no one in my my family is really entrepreneurial or have started companies. Um, so n- nothing from from growing up in Skövde. It was really like the time at KTH that that opened that up. There, there was a lot of people around me that I that had that exposure. Either the, they have done it themselves, or they ran projects on the side of university. They. Uh, when we graduated, when we, you know, the, the, uh, not uh, people very, very close to me was early on in the Spotify journey. So you kind of you had that uh, as a as a close reference to w- what you could do, which then opened up my eyes to like, okay, you could you actually even do that? So a lot of the things that I spent my time on doing at KTH, except studying, was like kind of you know starting projects, starting organizations. Uh, running them, uh, which really, you know, that originated from me seeing other people uh, really close to me doing it. Mm. Mm. Are there any cool projects of those that are still left and, and alive from that time? Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, well, hopefully, like, uh, hopefully, a few of them. Uh, I did. Uh, I, I was volunteer twice. So once in Tanzania and one in Bolivia. Uh, so and those organizations are are still alive. I, I didn't found them, but but those organizations are still alive and kicking. I was a project manager for Armada, which is the biggest career fair in the Nordic regions, like three hundred uh, students. But but that that has been there before and and even after I, I left. Uh, 
I started a consultancy firm and uh, you know bankrupted it uh, <laughs> two, two two years later. So yeah, a lot of things happened. It was a great time. Awesome. Hey, it's the best way to learn. Yeah, yeah. So I don't remember the first time when I saw Mentimeter, but it feels like it was ages ago. You started to see those uh, word clouds or polls or whatever your first thing was, and and you mentioned that this was something you started on the side when you were at Telenor. So what was Mentimeter from the start? Exactly. So, so Mentimeter from the start wasn't even a company. There was no Axiebelag behind it. So Mentimeter was only a product. We 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 sat. Uh, I think it was it took us like three months or something, three four months, developing a super simple uh, multiple choice uh, web based uh, app. Yeah. So no logging, no no login, no nothing. That's part of of the genius behind it, right? That you don't have to log in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like super safe. We're like, okay, but you, no, no admin, no nothing. Just do it. Everyone sits with, with, with this in their pockets anyway. So, But this was 2012. So it's like everyone we think sit with a smartphone in, in the pocket was just the kind of the tipping point or when that became like a, a really, really big thing. And especially that you brought them into all of the meetings and not like, okay, but the smartphone is out. So you leave it. Yeah. So we're like, but this is happening. The, the, the hardware or the complex software version is kind of, that will become legacy. Let's just test this out. Okay. Uh, and then the multiple choice was the was the first one and then we did the uh, word cloud. Okay. And that was, you know, was a super super simple and uh, you know, product without a business model which was just like just for fun from from start. Yeah. And first was it just a free service or did you start charging for it in an early stage? Uh, but the the funny thing is that Niklas, my co-founder who's uh, who's head of technology innovation today, uh, he and he's still active in Mentimeter. He was a management consultant, and he brought Mentimeter to Ericsson as on a pitch. So they pitched their consultancy services, but they also like okay, but then we can actually do this project with this service. Uh, so they they showcased Menti, and Ericsson was like, yes, we want that. Uh, how much is it? And we didn't have a business model. We, you know, we, this was, you know, it's like how much do you want to pay? Exactly. What did you say? Did you give a number or? Uh, we, we forced Niklas to come back home, and then we kind of re- <laughs> researched uh, our way into the the business model, because because like B two B SaaS services, they are priced in in a similar way. Like you, you can look at um, Dropbox, you can look at Slack, you can look at Trello. You can like it, there are kind of uh, reference points to how you price a B two B SaaS model. So we're like, okay, then we put it there. Everything costs like ten dollar a month uh, or so. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, upfront payment yearly, uh, seed based. Boom. Copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. <laughs> and then Ericsson also wanted a couple of extra features that we didn't didn't have in the product yet. Okay. And those features we added behind a paywall that we also made uh, available self service. Mm-hmm. So that was the kind of like, okay, let, let, if Ericsson wants to pay for this, maybe someone with a credit card wherever they are wants to pay for this. Okay. Right. And that was the kind of like, that was when we, and we saw it actually converting. So all of a sudden people converted and bought our product, self-service. And we're like, okay, but this, you know, time went on. This was 2012, 13, you know, half into 13, 14. We're like, but this is, this is actually a company, obviously, not just a fun side hack, a project, a product. So then 2014, we took in a small angel investment round and like actually started working full time with it. Okay. Uh, and, and not just as a, you know, every, every weekend uh, uh, commitment. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's really cool. Like, you know, so it's, it's, it sounds to me, it's like Ericsson was your very first customer. That's, that's a nice customer to land and, and to kickstart the project with. Yeah, and then they did the confirmation that uh, someone wants to, I think they paid in the end like 200,000 sek or something. Okay. For us back then, it was like huge amount of money. Like, how <laughs> yeah. can we even spend this much money? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, so, and, and also like, it's also like fun with the references, but also the, the angel investment round 2014, uh, in total, Mentimeter has taken in three and a half million sek in primary investment. Mm-hmm. And I think the first original investment 2014 was two million. And we thought like two million, like some, you know, <laughs> a, a few personal investors have put in two million kroners into our company. We're so stressed out about this because it was so <laughs> much money for us. Right nowadays, I know that like you know, it's it's a small amount of money, and this is what it, this is the game with angel investment. You put in money, and then you might lose it. Right. But we were so stressed out with like being first time entrepreneur, getting investments, and yeah. So so. Um... Besides, I mean, being able to put more in time to that, what has the main milestones been for you as a product? I know you have a, like a billion users or something right now or, or people that has been touched by your product. But, you know, you had Ericsson, you, you could spend full time on this. Can you just give us a few milestones along the way? No, but uh, I think up until so 2012, uh, up until 2016, we had the same business model, but it's just 2014 we we actually were able to to spend full time developing it, and so during that time it was only a self service business model. So like uh, people uh, came in individually if if they hit the paywall and wanted to do it and wanted the, the things behind it, they swiped the credit card and got access to it. 2016, we noticed that uh, like it was not only uh, one-on-one individuals; it was actually like clusters uh, being formed in in organizations. Okay. And like slowly, like the the companies itself started reaching out to us. So like the the head of HR or CMO or head of learning started reaching out. And I said, like, okay, well, we have 20 people using Mentimeter here. Like, do you have an enterprise, uh, like, deal? Is it higher security? Is there some sort of, like, uh, you know, discount model, obviously, they want? Uh, so we're like, okay, but, okay, maybe there's there's obviously another business model here that's towards enterprise. Okay. So since 2016, we also have an enterprise business model. You buy the same things, but it's just that, you know, it, it's more of a secure login. It's more like a license distribution. It's more, yeah, it's, it's the, it, it supports kind of like rolling it out with customer success, et cetera. Mm. So that was a big, uh, and nowadays that's, a, that, that's the two business models that meant to me to stand on, uh, self-service and, and enterprise. So revenue-wise, if you have these two, uh, the self-service and the enterprise, how are they in comparison with with each other? Is it 50-50 or what does that look like? Uh, it's a, it's it's about 40-60. Uh, 40% enterprise, 60% self-service. Okay. Uh, but but enterprise is, is growing uh, faster. Like enterprise, it's, it's a really, really interesting thing that, because one of the things that Mentimeter does when 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 we're successful is changing behavior okay so because our, our ca- and that's also an important side note here is like 2018 mentimeter went from what it was before product wise was like one word cloud one multiple choice and we actually developed a full presentation flow uh, interface yeah so nowadays most people use mentimeter as a full presentation tool 
uh, with with a lot of interactive moments in it. Okay. Uh, it can be Q and A, or it can be voting. It can be whatever that kind of interaction is. Okay. So what Mentimeter does when it, it, when we're when we do something great is that we change behavior of doing this regular just talking at, at a stale one-sided presentation to actually you know mature leaders into listening to who they're talking to engaging them making them participate in whatever presentation and meeting you have right and that def- that that happens more when you buy like when you buy mentimeter as a as a wider thing in an organization because if you buy it yourself individually you need constantly to kind of remind yourself to Okay, how do I involve? Uh, what do they think? What knowledge level do my the people that I talk to have? Uh, when Mentimeter is bought, a cu- when when customer of ours buy hundreds of licenses, mm. it becomes strange not to use Mentimeter because everyone else is using Mentimeter. Everyone else is interactive. Right. So so that's why our our enterprise customer base grows faster than our self service today. It's a nice network effect. Yeah. Yeah, and and I guess if you if you want to use it for the whole presentation, and uh, as I listen to you, that's sort of the path you have been on to to own more of that area. I, I guess also that you want to brand the presentation more as a customer, or yeah, exactly. So that that's part. Uh, so the self service uh, we have two tiers there. So free, uh, most of our users use it for free, and and that's good because it's part of our go to market. We are. Uh, we're a product-led organization. We have a viable product. People should use this as much as possible because that that generates new users and and that we have over two hundred million users in total, not a billion yet, but two hundred million who ever touched the product. <laughs> oh, I thought about TikTok. I yeah, yeah about exactly. TikTok. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, and and some of them pick it up, become leaders, and then they expose it to others, and and you know the the whole loop is 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 running for us. Uh, but then you can buy either basic or pro, and if you buy pro, you can brand it as you say. So then you, it says Ericsson on top and Ericsson on menti.com, and like it looks like it's your service hosted. I think it's amazing when you have like you guys have you know a platform and a product that's catering to so many different companies and so many different type of personas. You mentioned here a little bit the different profiles here that started to reaching out to you guys. But if you would be to pinpoint this, like you know what type of enterprises, what type of companies do you work most with? Yeah, th- this was one of the things that we were really in a disagreement with when we when we got uh, investments I- into the company because what me and Niklas and our other founders said was that, okay, we are a horizontal product, meaning that we are for everyone, anyone, whoever leads a meeting or does a presentation. So it doesn't matter if you are a management consultant or if you teach or if you're a CEO or a product manager, we're for any of them and thousands more kind of verticals. Right. And all our investors, everyone we talked to that knew this was like, no, 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 you pick one vertical and then you own that and you and then you go to the next vertical and own that and, and classic kind of classic go to market. Yeah. But we're like, but we're, you face the same problem. The, the, the problem doesn't differ there. The problem is that you can't engage people live. You can't get their true opinions. You, people don't speak up. And it doesn't matter if if it's a student on speaking up or if it's a colleague or if it's a customer. Yeah. So we like we, we were so hard on like, the, no, no, this is a mass market. It's a horizontal product. 
but in in a very like if in a way very very small use case it's only live meetings representation but it's for a billion people mm. that, that is it's a billion plus people who sits in these meetings yeah, 200 million yeah and up uh, 200 million uh, so far <laughs> it's, it's more than okay. a billion in, in, in the potential so and that's still today a mentimeter so still today mentimeter and this was one of the kind of maybe the best things that we ever done the kind of uh, stood our grounds here that uh, to keep the product horizontal to keep it relevant for all of these uh, user groups mm. and it's like it's so easy now that in with with hindsight we say like okay what's the typical user of, of powerpoint you you can't say that or a typical use case you can't say that either no and similarly even though we're not powerpoint similarly uh, the the typical use case of menti is like okay Tell tell me a meeting you have, and you, I might tell you if you can add interactivity in there uh, and and get value from it. Yeah. So will you change name to Menti eventually? Uh, I don't know. Actually, we had a lot of discussion about this. Now the the voting side is Menti, and everyone who kind of yeah have a, you know that's a sneaky thing of you know going halfway. Yeah, and like uh, everyone who who refers to us says Menti. Yeah. Uh, but it's also nice to kind of brand the voting side and the leader side differently. So if we would just have Menti, it would be like, okay, where do I go if I'm a leader versus a voter, etc. But uh, okay, yeah. so cool. Um, let's try to put some some numbers on this, so so we give the the audience some perspective. Like if you just walk us through, like how big is your ARR? How fast are you guys growing year over year? And I think you touched upon some of these things in terms of amount of customers, employees, and so on. But walk us through that. Yeah, so we're north of 200 employees uh, right now. Uh, we're around $30 million ARR. And we've been growing, like if, if we look at Kager the last three years, around 100% year over year. That's a hard number to beat. I think it, it sounds like a challenge. I'd like to hear anybody else beating that from the Nordics at this stage. When you are in that size. But this is also like, we're not, a, yeah, we're based in Stockholm, but we're not a Nordic company. It's more like, okay, we... We have we have customers in every country in the world. Like and we're a product that uh, that serves anyone uh, in business or, or in education that does meetings, and that's not a Nord it's not a Nordic thing. It's a world thing. So I think we, we look more at at the Slack and the Dropbox and the, the and and the the the, the global B two B SaaS company, best practice SaaS companies more than we look at any Nordic company. And then and then the ninety hundred percent per year is like mid-tier <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> yeah but uh, where in the world do you have offices so right now stockholm and toronto uh, so we, we just op opened the office in toronto uh in september last year okay and why not in the u.s actually u.s is our biggest market so it, it is it is u.s that we we're after if, if, if you say so okay but we, we don't need to be in the country that we sell to we, we just had one office up until uh, about four four or five months ago okay and we were able to sell to uh, I think we have 50 countries we have enterprise clients in and 200 countries we have self-service clients in mm. um, but then we had a choice to to choose the country in North America that, that we set up a camp in and Toronto uh, outscored US in terms of culture alignment uh, easiness of migration uh, so yeah e easy choice to choose when we could choose Okay, we might get a, a Swedish or, or Nordic SaaS cluster in Toronto then as well. There you go. So, yet I... It's, uh, yeah. But like when, when we started looking into to North America, uh, US still had what, 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 what could be referred to as a Muslim ban. 
and we have colleagues who are Muslim or born in those countries that that weren't given access to the U.S. Uh-huh. And 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 if if you are one of those countries, uh, then you're not uh, welcoming others uh, in. And then, again, it was an easy choice for us. Are you part of a distributed team? Do you struggle your day through scheduled video meetings and chats? Teamico makes virtual work spontaneous. Talk walkie-talkie style, co-work side-by-side, with or without video, and bring those coffee chats back. Join our users across 117 countries for free today on teamico.com. That is T-E-E-M-Y-C-O. Teamico, your office online. What we also wanted to talk to you a little bit about, obviously you've had an amazing journey. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not about what you do as a company, it's a little bit on how you do it. And we wanted to, to tap into a little bit into how you build the organization and how you work with culture. I know you guys have spent, and you particularly, a lot of energy on that piece. And I think we had a conversation just the other day here where we said, you know, uh, how to build a, a sales model or, or pricing schemes. You can read yourself to these things but it's about how you build the organization that's a little bit more tricky and i think what's interesting you mentioned that you thought about diversity and so from the beginning but i also know that when you got your first investment and so on you didn't really uh, succeed with the culture to start with so could you tell us a little bit about your failures in that area exactly so 2014 then, we were so stressed out, both me and Niklas, who, and actually one of the other co-founders who, who joined us for a year, uh, were so stressed out with kind of getting this uh, money in and trying to build a company. So we're like, hired a couple of people, I think we hired four people, so three founders, four, four others. And just sat in a room and like run, like code, <laughs> do something, do you know, for what you know. This is what we should do. Just just do it. That, that's when the KPI was like, how many lines of code did you write? Yeah, and and <laughs> uh, and not a great work environment. Uh, and and the result of that was like the, the summer of 2015, four out of uh, the seven that worked then uh, quit. Including one of the co-founders. Okay, not all the founders. Then. Yeah, me, so. me, and me and Niklas uh, hanged in. But actually, it was a conversation with me and Niklas. Like, okay, what the fuck happened? Uh, wh- wh- why is everyone, including ourselves, uh, not happy with, with the setup uh, currently? And like, and the thing that we knew even even before then, but we didn't like when we actually stepped back and like looked at what we've done was like, okay, we we knew what to do, but how to do it? Like, how? What was the rule of engagement? What was what was the kind of the rule book in bunny ears that that actually kept our working situation and uh, and um, the the way they interact like how we interacted between us as people how, we didn't set that so people could in a way behave as they wanted to because we only looked at what so the how is what we we today we, we call them our core values uh, and that's what we set then in in the fall of 2015 we said like okay we need those uh, how like how do we work together? Mm. So like let's define core values. And for me and Niklas, we know each other you know, privately. I, I was the best man at his wedding. He was the best man at my wedding. So we very much align in in what's our core values as people and how do we want to work. So we just set those core values. And then from that date, we just, okay, now we hire with these core values. We evaluate people with these core values. We give feedback with people with these core values. So they are like... A core 
part of how we build a company. Not only you know performance, did you sell or how how many lines of code did you write, but actually how you work together as a team. Sorry, what are those uh, core values? Yeah, and do you have the same core values now as you had then? Yes. Uh, they've, they've not changed and they never will. <laughs> they are core. <laughs> they, they, they're, they're core. It will be very hard. So, so uh, include everyone. Uh, work smart. Act with a consultant mindset. Be humble and have fun. Uh, so the the, the, the most uh, the most weird one people say is, is act with a consultant mindset. But but they they mean very very concrete things for us. They, this this is not just a branding thing. So act with the consultant mindset, for example, is like okay, act as if you were an individual consultant selling your own time and and need to invoice a customer. To and and for, to do that, you need to be very professional. You 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 know, you turn up on time. You always have an agenda on a meeting. Uh, you prepare well, you you know, all the things that you need to do to be a professional, you know, you're your own boss. Uh, mm. And that, that for us, and if any of those kind of sub things that is very concrete, doesn't align. And we, we check this, we have, a, uh, we have a three interview part process to, to work at Mentimeter. And one of those interviews, the most senior interview is about core values, about how. Okay. And what does such an interview look like? Let's say that I'm I'm fortunate enough to come to that stage uh, for for a position at Metameter, and what happens in such um, such a meeting? But mostly, we we try to ask questions, situational based questions about uh, things that already has happened. That that's mostly the best thing, so you don't make make things up uh, theoretical. So, for example, one questions uh, underneath uh, act with the consultant mindset would be. Uh, uh, explain a situation where you have asked for feedback uh, and what action you took from that feedback. Okay. So feedback, both asking for and giving feedback, that's part of acting as, uh, with the consultant mindset for us. And we want people who are mature and brave enough and and uh, to both ask for it, give it uh, in, in a good way, and then uh, take action on it. Mm. And if you ask that question, you will hear if it's true and if it's actually changed the way that they acted or or or, or did uh, did anything after uh, that feedback came okay yeah i think that's great i have also another question for you because uh, i've seen companies uh, where they slap uh, big value strong terms on the walls around the office colorful everybody sees them everybody can can repeat them but maybe they don't always live by them so I, i'm curious like how do you make sure to uh, live by these rules? What, what does that look like in, in your day-to-day -day world? One, you have to really, really believe in it as, as a founder, as a leader. I think like, I think it, it, it's the same thing. We, we started this conversation around diversity. If you don't believe in diversity as a leader, as a top leader of an organization, it will not happen. Right. If, if you put like a head of diversity that someone in a more junior position, it will not change. It will not move the, the needle. Diversity at Mentimeter, it's my responsibility. It's a CEO's responsibility. And likewise with core values. If, if, if I don't believe that we should be a value-driven organization, we will not be it. Uh, if, it's, if it's up to HR to be it, we won't be it. Uh, so that's number one, that you actually, as a, the, the, the absolute top manager, uh, believe in this. The second one is to really get it into as many core processes as possible. Yep. So when we do uh, an interview process, but actually be true to like, okay, if, if it's a no on the core 
value interview, it's a no. Right. Mm. It, it, it can be no there. They're brilliant in, in what they've done and, and how they can, uh, you know, what they can contribute to, but how they would do it in Mentimeter, we don't believe would fit in the way that we do things. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, the, we do 360, like, uh, feedback uh, uh, to our colleagues, and we do that every half year. So in May and November, we do, we structurally co- collect feedback to all people in Mentimeter, and then your manager is responsible to also give you feedback. Uh, so we have a lot of uh, uh, relevant feedback from your colleagues and your manager gives you feedback. And in that situation, it's actually 50-50 what you performed and how you've done it. Right. So so you can't, for, for example, you can't progress to do a career at Mentimeter if you don't perform on both. Right. So it's not enough if you're a sales guy that you, you crush the numbers, but you can aim short on some of the other elements. Yeah. yeah that's, that's 50% of your performance. Yeah. Just curious, what do you do if someone don't live up to the core values? Uh, well, then it's it's feedbackable. It's something that if you don't do it during probation, you know, it. it Have you fired someone because the it didn't work out? Pr- pr- yeah, probation period has not been prolonged due to, to due to that core values are, are not aligned. Definitely. Okay. It, it's actually more common than that you don't perform. All right. Cool. And uh, you mentioned sales here, Daniel, uh, and I know that. You don't work with sales commission like uh, at, as a lot of other SaaS companies do. So could you say something about that and uh, how you think that affects the, the culture? Yeah, this the, the choice with the, the 2016 that I referred to before when we, when we saw kind of enterprise starting to happen and our first colleague who started working with sales started 2017. Today, so we grew from one person 2017 into uh, 70 people today, uh, and the first person was like, uh, "Now you come on Mentimeter, we don't have a commission here because." And the reason is that you will work so closely to marketing, you will work so closely with products, and it's thanks to what you, the insight that you give on what the customer is, and the automate kind of uh, processes and the scalability that both product and marketing can give you that that will keep kind of the inflow come as as good as possible so if you isolate yourself and do non-scalable things and never talk to them it, 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 it won't help okay uh, and that's it, it worked out ex- extremely well for us culturally uh, that you you're not you're not isolating either in the sales teams you know, work as individual and versus team in sales, but also department-wise. So you rather have a project run by salespeople that can close deals, but now they run a project trying to optimize some sort of process between marketing and sales instead. That in the end it gives us more inbound sales qualified uh, market qualified leads that gives us more scalable sales. So has it been tempting at one point, you know, you get this sales superstar that wants to work at Metameter, but they want to have a big commission or a bonus or so? Or, But the thing is that uh, it's more tempting for people outside of Metameter to be know-it-all and say like, yeah, but n- nice little sales <laughs> group you have here with 1, 5, 10, 20, 50. But when you come to the next stage, you need to change that. Yeah. Now we're, we're at 70. We have salespeople in two continents and, and everyone loves this. Yeah. 
But it, it, it does, like, we're very open with this when, when on, on, uh, on, on the job ads. So it does attract a certain type of salesperson, a, a person who's very interested in commercial, a very person interested in, in customer kind of engagement, but team players, people who want to, do, to, to perform in, in teams rather than individually. So it, it does automatically filter out the, those, the, the, the commission-driven, the wolves. self-driven, the, yeah, <laughs> the wolves. No, no, no I, I come from the sales side. We, we, don't, we don't call them wolves. But, but it's also like we're, we're not underperforming as an enterprise sales team. Like, we, you know, we have, you heard a growth number the last, like the Kager last three years. So we're an extremely fast-growing organization. So for, for me, it doesn't correlate. Yeah. And I think, like, I have an opinion about this. You know, I've been working on the sales side for so many years, and and uh, on both both continents, where I'm used to the to the format where your on target earning is is a fifty fifty split between your fixed and variable. And and I also see this shift uh, that that you're talking about, about, Johnny. And we have a, a few other Scandinavian companies or Nordic companies that are doing this. And I guess it comes down to people want to be compensated fairly. And as long as the on-target earning is the same, however, the composition of that is doesn't matter too much. I guess it's just a way for you guys to filter out to make sure you're getting the right people. Yeah, and and in one way of looking at it, Mentimeter takes higher risk uh, than than in, in the normal setup because we have high salary. Exactly. Our salary our, our salary strategy is to have between the seventy fifth and nineteenth percentile of salaries for a specific role and seniority. So we have we have quite high salary and in sales then, then okay, the company takes all the risk, uh, similar to any other role. Uh, and then obviously performance is really important. It doesn't matter if you're a developer or a salesperson, you still evaluate it if you perform or not. But um, yeah, it's just another composition and, and another way of motivating and, and driving the right behavior. It, it, it's not it's the not whip of you don't get paid. Right, right, exactly. Gotcha. I also wanted to ask you, uh, we've also had the privilege to work for, for fast-growing companies throughout our careers. Maybe not as fast as you guys, but still very fast. And what we've observed is sometimes scaling culture. When you grow so fast, you know, both with people and geography, it requires a certain type of work. Like, is there anything that you can share with our audience and with our listeners that you feel like, you know, this is how we scale? You know, the core values are there, but how do we scale it? Exactly. I think... It was a while ago now since I since I was in every interview process, for example. But I feel very confident. I think that what we have done that kind of unlocked the the scaling issue is the is is this having a, a, a structured process where how is is part of the of, of the process, mm-hmm. and everyone now that that runs the third interview has been part of many interviews uh, that, where I've led. For example, and everyone at Mentimeter every half year does this 360, so they're very aware of that. So I think that scaling scaling culture in that way is kind of like more, culture is a, a collective action of everyone at Mentimeter, and a collective action is how. And then okay, so if we then have kind of modelized how in our core values, and really work with them really really believe in in alignment with them and and for example in 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 the worst of cases actually end probation periods because they're not aligned then we get uh, it's easier to scale uh, kind of culture easy is easier to scale uh, core values 
then we have like there is scaling issues it's not that i'm saying like we have a lot of new managers that never been managers before we um, you know i'm probably tougher at probation periods than the new manager who just uh, got got his or her job so there's a lot of things that we we still we, nowadays we have an internal leadership program that is run by our uh, chief product and culture officer anna uh, that has is an eight week kind of like this is how you get up to to speed with with being a manager everything from th- group dynamic th- theories into feedback giving into uh, pro- professional development uh, how you lead that in an in, in individual yeah and that's scaling leadership for us so nowadays I think we have f- around forty or fifty leaders at Mentimeter and all, not all of them have have been leaders before so they need that kind of fast pace into becoming a, you know intermediate or pro leader all right so uh, i just thought of you know everyone has their cute nicknames of their employees like when we worked at in river it's in riverians and at aptus it was aptusians or so so what do you call your mentimeter employees yeah we don't we, don't, we, we not actually something with menti uh, okay. so maybe surprising i don't know uh, uh, so we're not that sexy I think some people refer them to menti peeps, but that's like okay. you know pe- peeps is like uh, it's a cute name for people. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. but no, we we don't have any any nickname. Oh, I thought it was like because I felt like Thomas, I can answer that. Of course, they call themselves the mentees. mentees. Yeah, exactly. yeah. mentees. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I actually not. <laughs> uh, this was very interesting, and I mean, there is so much we could talk to you about. I mean, we have the whole product-led approach, how you go for the virality in the product and everything. But uh, I think we have to leave that for another episode, and maybe we will talk to one of your your product leaders and so on. But it was super great having you on the show. But before we end, uh, also very interested in what does the future for Metameter look like? But I, I think. Uh, I think the future is where, like where we started. So Mentimeter started as a, as just a product. And when we had this idea that this product with the simple interactivity could be the thing that like anyone, any leader could use. So I think that's, that's the goal for the company today is the goal for the product. So uh, the, the, the product should be a tool in a tool belt of, of any leader, like similar to post-it or whiteboard. So Mentimeter, the, the digital version to create interactivity. And then the, there's billion uh, billion people that, that is, you know, is in that role that they can lead those meetings or presentation. And, um, and that, that's a big, hairy, audacious goal for Menti. Right. That's amazing. That's awesome. So is there anything particular you are looking for? Like in, you're growing so fast. If there's any special role you want to hire for, what's that one thing on top of your mind? From time to time, we have like I think we we hire ninety percent of our roles within three months or something. So we have a good cadence with like every kind of fast hiring process for for most roles. But when it becomes specific, it can be like specific as email automation specialists. It's not it, it, it's not it's not a person who worked fifteen years, but it's such a, like a unique uh, knowledge base. And now you know VP engineering super hard to hire. Like so, it, it doesn't have to be all the the, the highest up in the organization. But also very specific, like site reliability, uh, like uh, stability and an infrastructure role that we're looking for now. Also, have uh, taken a bit of time. All right. But I think that people, if people are interested in this, uh, go to mentimeter.com/jobs uh, and you will find uh, everything there. there. There you can also read a bit more about how we work with culture. You know, uh, uh, the, much of what I've talked about today. Is there any openings in Toronto as well? 
Uh, definitely. Yeah, they, they will scale. I think there are 15 people now, and it's probably going to be around 40 people in the end of this year. So they're growing really fast. There's a lot of opportunities there. And lastly, who would you like to see on the show? It's a former interim CMO at the Myro. Okay. So Myro is like, uh, you know, g- g- get under the hood of Myro. If there is a Nordic leader in Myro, okay. there will be someone. The, the, the founder is uh, Russian. Okay. And maybe that the interim CMO is also, I think his name is Marie or something. Okay. And what's so interesting about them? But Myro is like, one day they they perfectionized uh, product led growth okay but they also professional uh, pro, uh, professionalized uh, the business model of product led growth so they're so brilliant in not only how the how the product spreads but how they very suddenly uh, subtle make almost every user into a customer all right cool so maybe you just gave us an idea for a speaker at Celsius 2022. So uh, yeah, we'll look into that definitely. Yeah. And Johnny, been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for sharing your journey and what you, what, how you work at Mentimeter. It was great. Happy to be here. Thank you for letting me come in. It was our pleasure. Take care now. Thank you. So Daniel, what's your takeaways from today? Oof, uh, I think I was a little bit starstruck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that I, your takeaway? I think I was a little bit starstruck. You know, that, that it's so impressive that they're growing so fast at this uh, level. But I think if I would be to summarize it, it's it's their focus not just on the what, but also on the how and having equal um, focus on both of those elements. I think that, that that's that's really cool how they work with that. Mm. What about you, Thomas? Anything you that stood out here particularly? No, I, I think, I mean, it taps into that, but, you know, when you talked about how they work with diversity and that you you have to go outside of your regular network. And, uh, I mean, he, he gave a fantastic example there with uh, women in tech or female in tech at uh, Facebook. And, and I think you should go out of your way to, uh, to you know, to to try to find diversity because if you just look around where you are yourself you're probably going to find most people that are just like you so I, I think uh, that was a good advice yeah I think it's impressive numbers from like he said at the, in his own words uh, four white dudes from uh, Kyoto Hill to uh, have a 50-50 split in terms of uh, male and female across really all functions in the business impressive so yeah I guess that's that and uh, well Daniel, this was fun. Let's do it again. Let's do it. Bye-bye. Bye.